Hello and welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And we sound a little different this week because we're in Pasadena together. Yay! Yay. We're at the TCAs. Yay! <laughs> Liz, is, uh, Liz has been full on TCAing for, oh God, how many days now? This is day Nine. eight. Oh, it's eight. Okay. I think this is day eight. And I'm day like two. So yes. I'm a little fresh. Liz is is, is kind of getting her second wind. I mean, I took the I took I took some time to myself yesterday. It was nice. I stayed in my pajamas and slept a little bit. There was a nap. It was a nice nap. Yeah, but like the the key thing to remember when you're talking about the nap that you got is that's pretty much like the only rest you actually get. It's not like you got eight hours of sleep, then you got a nap. It's not like you're having like a nice easy Sunday. You're no. actually just you know like squeezing in some time to recover yeah it was it was it's been it's been a bit of a time but you know we're getting good stuff out of it uh to this morning right now we are skipping the cbs super bowl panel because i don't really know why it's here and why it's happening Uh, i mean it's on cbs and it's a big deal and i mean i i care about i'll be watching yeah but uh but yeah i I had to leave they showed the clip from when the bears were last in the super bowl so i just i had to get out of there liz i'm sorry But you know, we're looking. The thing with TCA is, is a lot of this, a lot of what we're talking about at, at these panels is shows that are shows that aren't going to be out for a little while, like months in some cases. So this week, however, there's actual stuff coming out that you know you might actually get to watch, like right now. Yeah, and, I mean, it's early in the season. Like it's actually the new year. Uh, there's new shows coming out, obviously. But, you know, considering how much TV is actually out there, it's good to kind of stay on top of it for as long as you can, at least so you can keep a kind of running list of what you might need to check back on if you don't have the time to start something now, or, uh, you know, just picking up a new show and giving it a try while you can, mm-hmm. if you got the time. So we're going to highlight a few things that are coming out just this week, like right now. Right now this is happening. You can be watching these shows, well, not right now, but like soon. Yeah. Within days. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. What do you got? uh, What's lined up for tomorrow, Ben? So tomorrow is is kind of one that, that honestly, I just wanted to talk about because they seem to be pairing it directly with the X-Files. It's like every X-Files ad, I see see a second chance ad Mm -hmm. with it. And, like, I get that, like, they're both got some supernatural stuff going on and maybe, like, the same demographic of people might line up for them. But otherwise, they're extremely different shows. They are. Uh, Second Chance is a show that started a life as, I believe they just called it Frankenstein. Yeah. Then it became the Frankenstein Code. Yep. Then it became Looking Glass. Oh, good job, Liz. I, I did some research, Man. and then it became Second Chance. And I actually interviewed the creator of Second Chance uh, a couple weeks ago. No, God, it was last week. It was last week. This time, time, time is time is completely... Time is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. Uh, but when I asked him about... I was like, I have to ask you about the title changes. He's like, what, did they change it again? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, just the four times. The four times is all they needed. Uh, but Second Chance is, you know, it's... You know, they, they, they changed the title to that because they really wanted to emphasize the idea that, you know, the show's constructed around what would happen what happens to this guy who starts off being played by a, a Philip Baker Hall mm-hmm. um, and then suddenly finds himself in the body of a hot young stud yeah um, <laughs> and that's the best part of the show yeah like him 
kind of waking up and slowly realizing, oh my god, look at all this crazy crap I can do, and then this young guy acting like he's an old guy. It's a little, I mean, that's charming. Yeah. No, the best part of the best part of the show is in fact like him, like kind of being like a cranky old goofy man. And then also really glorying in this new experience. Absolutely. I mean, you've seen, I think I've seen two episodes. How many of you seen? That's it. I saw two, too. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's got real potential, I think. But it also, yeah. you know, feels, especially it's basically going to have to, and this is, I believe, is what's going to happen. It's going to slowly kind of jettison the procedural uh, component to its structure and become more of a serialized narrative by the end of the season. So if people stick with it. They might be pleasantly surprised by what happens. Yeah, I feel like they're, for, for especially for a broadcast show, um, they had some, I don't want to say bold creative decisions, but they were creative. Like, there's there's some stuff going on in this that is a little bit different. Like, I like the idea of, of, this, of this kind of modern day, he's not a Frankenstein necessarily, but like this modern day rebirth of a guy, mm-hmm. and he's got to go back and kind of recharge like at a certain time. That adds like a very immediate thing that I'll like keep you know circling back for for you know regularity um and then I kind of liked the casting a little bit like I liked the weird kind of dynamic between um between this guy and the people who brought him back and Mm kind of like their motivations and all that stuff um so yeah I mean it's too early to tell if it'll be you know kind of worth sticking with but you know based on your conversation with the creator and kind of what we see this early on in it, it's like, yeah, potential. And that's kind of what I look for now, especially if I'm watching a broadcast show. Definitely. Would you, would you become a big, you've been, uh, uh, right, been watching a lot of broadcasts been lately. knocking out the broadcast shows of late. I mean, yeah. they're, they're putting them out there. I gotta watch them. So let's talk American crime. Let's not talk American crime. Let's let's not do that. Let's, uh, let's move on from that well, really I mean, bad show. <laughs> but, uh, but no, Liz, I think that you're excited about the next one on the docket. Which is Colony? Which is Colony. I am very excited for that one. You've I've been, been talking about this since Comic-Con? Yeah, I've been talking yeah. this one up hard. Uh, it's part of USA's kind of new uh, initiative in terms of creating, you know, really watchable shows. Not, not, that actually, come, actually all of what USA has done over the last decade or so has been really watchable. These are, this is a, meant to be a notch above. And so, you know, I've been talking. You, you've heard me talk about how this is like a you know, you know, occupied in Los Angeles and the people living in it and how are they handled day to day life and also the fact that, you know, if in, in any occupation is uh, matched by resistance and so there's a lot of really interesting stuff to the show, and uh, yeah, I've gotten to talk to the we've talked to the creators. We talked to Sarah Wayne Callies, who stars. Oh, she's great. She's really great, and that. That interview actually is really fun. She's she was she's very engaged. Uh, nice. She really and she like everyone involved with the show feels really passionately about it, which oh, is yeah. really cool. That um, always translates too. Like that's such yeah. a big element that you can't control. Like unless you know you just get the right people and you match it up. Yeah. So I mean, if you stick with it, I think the the world building is a little light in the first episode, but I think it it only gets deeper as you go, and uh, that's really valuable. Well, that's also a really interesting dynamic when you know we're talking about these shows like you're talking about a weekly show like all these shows that we're talking about right now are premiering weekly except for well one of them again but we'll get to that later yeah um but no like if you have that pilot episode and you're sitting there for that first hour you know the the old mentality the, the traditional mentality is that you have to pack in so much into that one hour that you're going to find a hook like something is going to hook them enough 
to get them moving on to the next one, or you just rely so heavily on one big hook that, that that's what's going to move them on. Um, but, you know, the way people watch TV is changing. Even if they're not, even if it's being released on the weekly, we've seen that people wait and watch it later on. They'll stock them up on their DVR, they'll watch them online, they'll find ways to binge it in, in one way or another. So maybe you don't have to put all of the world building in that first episode. Maybe you don't have to have everything packed into that first hour. And, and you know, it depends completely on the show, like completely on the setup, and, and you know everything's unique, you know, into itself. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I kind of like seeing that nowadays and kind of letting stuff develop because people, if there's, you know, enough there, if there's some sort of potential there, then it seems like people will wait and kind of find that or let it find itself. Yeah, so maybe this is one where we'll remind you in a couple of weeks that there are three episodes or so ready yeah. on the websites. Um, USA doesn't really distribute through Hulu or anything but yeah. they they if you if you can authorize your ca- uh, pretend to at least have an authorized cable provider uh, you can watch it online through uh, yeah. the USA website. Yeah, I think they've still got all of Mr. Robot on their website. Like if you've got a Well, uh, they they just did the fancy new launch thing. I mean, uh, they basically they made the release the ultimate viewing experience and Huh. If you go to USA Now uh, to watch Mr. Robot, you can watch uh, unedited uh, or un- uncensored episodes. Oh, wow. And they have a cre- commentary by the creator, Sam Ismail, uh, who you guys just saw win, uh, yeah. win, win some awards. Win uh, best this, drama, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I must have missed that. I must have been just early for that because I was catching up on those um, when we were doing our top ten list right. in December and stuff. And, and I thought it was just nice that they had them there. Like, I yeah. mean, it's, it's always nice if you can catch up on stuff uh, like that. Yeah. Even if you got to walk, sit through commercials, it's it's you know it's not that bad. Commercials, <laughs> no, right? Like the we've worst. Got, got Hulu ad free now. I mean, it just seems ridiculous that we'd ever have to watch a commercial again. But uh, yeah, sometimes they pop up. Oh man, speaking of watching a lot of commercials, I bet people will find themselves watching a lot of commercials this weekend because of uh, Angie Tribeca. Oh yeah, that's going to be fat. But I think well. God, screw this up is it commercial free no. like is some section of it commercial free maybe I feel maybe like, like s- maybe like the first episode is yeah i feel like at least the premiere yeah there's no way like they're okay so angie tribeca is doing the 25 hours yes. of angie tribeca which is it's just running the entire series see first season three times, three times. okay no it have it have to be more five times because they're half hour shows and it's, it's yeah, like ten or ten twelve out. episodes. Yeah, I think it's ten episodes, maybe. So that's only five hours. So yeah, it's got to be. It's yeah, it's probably five hours. So that it's yeah. five times. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're running it as many times in a row as possible, in the hopes that you know you'll tune in at the right time and watch it, or you know obviously DVR it and mm-hmm. and watch, have the whole thing saved right there. There's a lot of ways to watch. I mean, I've seen the first two episodes, and I mean, I saw them like back at South by like ages ago. Um literally 10 months ago but uh, i do remember that there there is a very they, they are very standalone in their construction so this is actually not a bad way to kind of get people engaged with it it's just like just leave your tv on T, uh, tbs uh, all weekend and you know just kind of wake up pop in check out an episode go back to bed that sort of thing well that's a very valuable thing to know especially right now if people are going to do that because one of my instincts when i was thinking about this was you know how lucky am i going to get to tune in and 
you know, whatever hour is the first episode, because mm -hmm. I'm always a freak about starting with the first one. Of course. But if you just want to get a sample of kind of the tone of it and, and the general vibe and see if that's something that matches up with your comedy tastes, mm -hmm. and if that's something that, that sits with you, it's good to know, you know, that there's they're a little bit standalone. They're not as, you know, dependent on, you know, previous knowledge to engage with it or whatever. Yeah, and thinking about the sort of, like, binge, binge marathoning experience, uh, the last time we saw someone something do something similar was when FXX launched The Simpsons. Yeah. And that is generally pointed to as the thing that got people to figure out where FXX was on their dial. And it really led to a ma massive boom in ratings for the network. So yeah. this could be what PBS, TBS needs, um, especially because uh, during the TCA presentation last week, they made a big thing. The president of the network was like, we're really trying to grow the brand. We're trying to, ex we're trying to explore a lot of new things. Uh, one big thing that Kevin Riley said uh, was that they are going to start looking at their ad loads for drama and cutting it down mm. because so that you're watching fewer ads when you're when you're watching a drama on on uh on Turner. Interesting. Yeah, it's which yeah, it was inter it's very it's it's a very interesting move like the idea of just trying to improve the consumer experience like yeah. improve the consumer experience like hmm. networks <laughs> care about that. Yeah, that seems like a strange way to go about it. And I know. it'd be interesting to see kind of how like maybe their current their current you know ad load their current you know ad experience compares with what they're going to do as well as just what it compares with on other kind of uh respected cable drama networks like what about amc like how many ads is turner going to have compared to what amc does and, and you know people seem to be able to sit through that for a certain extent uh you know if you know, they're addicted to the walking dead they'll watch whatever is put on during the walking dead but uh you know like it worked fine for mad men and, and better call saul and um, I mean that's a huge thing. That's a huge thing to to consider when when people are wanting to squeeze in as much of this good TV, great TV as they can. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ads add to that time frame. Yep. Uh, do they ever? Yeah. I thought it was interesting though last week when they released those uh, the trailers for all their new comedies, TBS specifically. Right. Their trailers linked directly to, like, they had footage at the end for all the comedies. Huh. They, they had, like, a tag at the end of every trailer uh, with, like, a little title card and, like, a quick second-long uh, image of, mm -hmm. of what the other shows looked like and who might be in them and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting kind of what TBS is doing. I'm still somewhat shocked they're not plugging Rashida Jones more. Like... Maybe we're just crazy Parks and Rec fans, but to me, like, Rashida Jones is a draw unto herself. I will watch anything with Rashida Jones in it, especially after what she's done. Yeah. So I just, I, I mean, I'm surprised she's not, I mean, she's front and center, but I guess I mean, I don't, front and center? I don't know. I don't know if she's quite the name brand you think she is, Maybe but crazy. But she is incredible. Like, the, you know, it's something you're going to hear about a lot is the fact that she is, that is the performance she is putting in is incredibly tough and she makes it look so easy. Nice. Like she's a straight man, she's the comedic lead and <clears throat> it's all in this framework of wackiness and I, yeah, it's a really impressive work, a really impressive uh, performance that she's putting in there. I'm really excited to watch it. I pinged the TBS people, I think at the end of last week or this weekend about screeners and they sent some over to me and I'm just, you know, fighting through the TCA so I can get to it and, and, and talk about it before it comes out. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch. Nice. Um, I think we had, oh, we needed to talk about one that 
neither of us have seen, but it's kind of just an interesting, not an experiment, but an acquisition. Like, Sesame Street is premiering on HBO. Yep. Sesame Street is on the same network as Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the crossovers there. <laughs> oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure HBO will will have many cameos on both ends of that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting choice for them. Uh, it's going to. It makes me wonder how, what was going on with Sesame Street prior to this? Like, were things not going well for for all our our good friends? Yeah. Uh, but you know, it if HBO. It is a new way for HBO to expand. Like it, HBO has been very much a known quantity for its dramas and its comedies, but it's not really put any. It hasn't seen. This is the first time it's put real effort into expanding its kids programming yeah. in a while. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying they've never done that because they always have had some sort of family broadcasting going on. But this is, you know, this is a thing that you're going to see a lot. I think uh, is uh, you know networks. Now that networks, certain networks feel comfortable in the place they are, now it's like now they want to bring in new audiences, and that's really important, especially for, say, HBO or Netflix, where the business model is subscribers. It's not views, really. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's such a huge thing, and this is definitely following in in the footsteps of the Netflix model of, like, let's broaden out our brand as big as we can make it. Let's draw in as many you know different groupings as we can. And frankly, I mean, Amazon and I mean Netflix has been doing a, a lot of kids programming for a while now, and mm-hmm. Amazon has really stepped up and made some really important uh, kids programming choices as well. And I feel like that is a very important thing if you're going to be. Uh, like a bingeable service and you're going to have something that's streaming and you're going to have something that you're selling that is available whenever is you know whenever people need it that seems like such a huge advantage for parents mm-hmm. because you don't want to have to rely on the TV schedule for when to sit down your kid you want to be able to you know you know have it ready whenever it, it fits up with with whatever's going on in your life yeah um, so so I think you know the sesame street acquisition that's that's huge it's 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 a big brand like i don't know what's going on with them either before they came over to hbo but no matter what that name recognition is pretty huge Mm -hmm. so you'd think that at least some of these families maybe who'd already subscribed to hbo because of you know the adult programming the parents wanted to watch it now they're like oh well hey i can this is good now like i can like my kids can watch this other thing on here so they can get more out of the service and feel better about the fee they're paying every month yeah. And I mean, you can't understate how iconic these people, these yeah. characters are. Like, uh, HBO uh, had its TCA event last week, and uh, yeah, the, the the Sesame Street folks might have shown up, and I might have kissed Elmo on the mouth. I'm not saying anything. Somebody might have a picture with Elmo on it their might Facebook. Be out there, yeah, yeah on, the, on the Facebooks. It's a nice pairing with last year when I met Cookie Monster. I was gonna say you're going through the Sesame Street pretty good. Like you've got Elmo, you've got Cookie Monster. Have you gotten Big Bird yet? No, Big Bird's next. Okay, and then like obviously uh, Oscar the Grouch would be, or no, not wait, no, who's the trash? That's Oscar the Grouch. That's Oscar the Grouch. Okay, yeah. sorry. I don't know why I thought that was wrong immediately, but that would be a big one too. I mean, I would I would have a nice conversation with Oscar the Grouch. I think oh I think God. Oscar and I have a lot in common. We should start picking HBO about interviews. We for the Sesame Street gang. <laughs> yes, I in general like professional attitudes towards <laughs> towards Muppets is uh, Muppets and puppet characters is always really entertaining because. You know, there's there are the people like me who they like. Yeah, I will totally do an in-character interview with Oscar the Grouch, one hundred percent. That sounds delightful. And then there are the people who are like, 
you're interviewing a puddle puddle of felt like yeah. you were a crazy person that really came across at the summer tcas yeah the muppets like you i remember you mentioning that specifically about how you know they brought the muppets on the stage and we were talking to the muppets Kermit and, and Peggy so were exciting. there and yet some people seem to be very dismissive and kind of angry that they weren't getting like real information out of it i yeah. don't know it was still like i loved it that was a great choice but. well it, the thing about it is that if you, it to 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 discount the fact to discount a, a puppet of it presenting on a stage is to completely negate the hard work of the puppeteer involved and who are you know mu- you know when you are a muppeteer you are trained really hard in improvisation and performance and you are you know giving life to the character in a very real physical way and it's you know if you're, if, you, if you're willing to sit down with Jillian Anderson and ask her about the choices that Scully makes, you're willing to talk to a puppet, I think. I, I think I, that you, I can't say it any better than that. And the only thing I would add to it is that, you know, how fun is it? The way you show respect to that craft is by engaging in your own kind of childlike glee of being able to talk to these characters. Like, yeah. That's something that you should just enjoy as a human being. And then you're also, you know, giving them the opportunity to really, you know, show off their craft and, and, and give respect to that. So I, I don't know. I, yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, uh, I mean, it's in talking about the Muppets, uh, I don't know when the relaunch is officially happening, but they are, they are not giving up on the Muppets. ABC is really trying hard to, to fix whatever went wrong. And so there's, you're gonna in the next couple of weeks. It's gonna be really interesting to tune back into that show. Was that TCA day on Friday? <clears throat> yeah, it was. Uh, ABC was here on Saturday. Oh, they were here Saturday. Oh, I missed yeah. Saturday. Okay, sorry. No, it's all right. I thought they were still coming up. They, uh, they didn't have a Muppets panel or oh, anything. Okay. They just kind of talked about it a little bit. And in general, like, and the new showrunner has been doing some press as well. There's an interview nice. with her on HitFix. Nice. That's worth checking out because it's actually a very savvy kind of take on what what happened with the with the first half of the season and what she's planning for the second half. And that's necessary right now because The Muppets was such an interesting show like coming in and kind of what it's turned into and the discussion that was around it especially when it was coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, they liked the publicity of, of you know any discussion going on about the show whatsoever, but it was still it felt off-brand somehow. Like it felt like a weird kind of connection to be making. I mean, I've seen every episode that's aired so far and I will say that <laughs> I did not really want to ever watch a TV show that that was that invested in the sex lives of the Muppets, like yeah, that's weird. That's there's way it's just across the board. Like I have all these complicated questions about Scooter sexuality, <laughs> and that's not a place I ever wanted to be. That's not a place I, I, I ever wanted to exist in life. Yeah, that seems. Yeah, that seems to be quite the reach. Yeah. Um, but going from transitioning perfectly from from Tra- Muppet sex lives to the sex lives of the ultra rich. Yes. Uh, this Sunday on Showtime, one of their biggest new dramas is premiering in yeah. billions. 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 With a B. With a B. Not an M. It's huge. It's huge. Huge. It's way bigger than if these were millionaires. Yes. If they're millionaires, it's like, who cares? Millions. But they're billionaires. Billions. Like 16 zeros. No. That- 20 zeros. No, I can't even tell how many zeros there are. There's so many There are billions of zeros. There's billions of zeros. Uh, But no, it's got Paul Giamatti. uh, uh, Damian Lewis is is coming back after, you know, leaving Homeland. This is a return to Showtime, to to pay cable, to TV, really. I mean, he was in Wolf Hall, but I mean, this is... This is for real. Um, Malin Ackerman's in there. You've got, I mean... Maggie Siff. Maggie Siff's in there. Um, 
it's it's a big big drama and you can see kind of the the effort and the money on the screen like in a lot of their like their setups there wherever they're whatever places they're running out from event venues to the office spaces to uh, you know the set design they've constructed they've spent a lot of money on this thing and is it worth it um (laughs) you've seen I've only seen the first episode and that was ages ago but I recall being I mean I recall being really impressed by the acting and maybe not so engaged by anything else. The acting is is definitely there, and then you know, is, was there ever any doubt? Damian yeah. Lewis, Paul Giamatti, like everybody we just named. I right. mean, Melanie Ackerman maybe is a question mark because she hasn't had this kind of dramatic test before. But she's so good. But she is good. She's very good. Um, yeah, it's the writing that takes a little bit of getting used to, and. I'm I'm very interested. Uh, you spoke with who did you speak with? I spoke show? with Paul Giamatti, Maggie Sith, and Malin Ackerman. Okay, see, I'd be very interested in speaking with the actual creators to kind of learn a bit about about the the process of, of like maybe moving from the pilot to to the mid season to the end of the season because there is a I mean it's it changes mm-hmm. and it's not like a big dramatic shift that you're going to feel. Um, if you like the first episode, you're going to like the sixth episode. But if you don't like the first episode, you might find some things to admire as you go down the line if you're somehow drawn into it. The thing that just weighed so heavily on me with this show were the similes, Liz. <laughs> there are so many similes in the show. Like, they say everything in this weird code. Mm-hmm. It isn't a code at all because you understood what they were saying before they were saying it. But then they feel almost it's it's like they're talking down to you. But they're, like, I didn't feel insulted by it. I just felt like it was overwhelming, like how often they would use a story to explain a business decision or a political move or something. And it was like, I, I get it. Like, I got it. You didn't need to do it. And they, they do it multiple times over. They mm-hmm. wouldn't even just do it for one scene. And to me, that, that spoke to them trying to be cool, like just trying to sound really, really cool. And it, it, it if you've feel like they're trying that you mm-hmm. lose it yeah. and that's kind of where I was for the first couple episodes uh, yeah billions I mean there's still is there is there a line in the following five episodes as good as the line from the pilot about sometimes what was it like uh, the advantage of having fuck you money is that sometimes you get to say fuck you yeah it's like or yeah like what the what's the point of having fuck you money unless you can say fuck you or something yeah yeah but it's that's, a great it's a it, it, we're butchering it but it's a great line it's a great line that's what they've been selling with the show like in every preview I've seen um, and and no I don't think it gets I don't think there's a line better than that I was honestly hoping because of you know how prominent that was that it would be saved for a better occasion than it is actually used in the pilot. Mm. Like it's not a, it's it's an important moment in the pilot. Right. And, and it it definitely justifies having something like that in there. Um but because, you know, in my head, after watching, after posting trailers about it and, and you know, talking to you about the line and all the stuff about the line, mm-hmm. I was I had a little bit of lofty expectations for it. I was um, so disappointed they didn't put it on a mug. Yeah, you're right. That is weird. Maybe it's maybe they'll be on the Showtime store. Maybe they've they're saving that up. <laughs> yeah. Um but no, I, I'll be interested to kind of see the, the more general reaction to Billions, especially. I think it will play well on Showtime. Mm-hmm. There's um, there's a lot of sex. There's a lot of, of nudity. There's a lot of kind of... Um, what Ben is saying is that Showtime viewers are perverts. And 
yeah. that Billions is made for them. <laughs> if you like Showtime shows, then you are just a sicko. Yes. Um, but no, no, like it, it, it's very on brand. Like it fits in my mind very much in line with, with the existing stuff they've got on there. Yeah. Um, and because it's one of the things that I do like about it is if you're going to make a show called Billions and you're going to talk to a guy about a, who's a billionaire, you've really got to make us see the money in it. And you do like you can you really feel it when you're watching the show. There's there's like a bigger than life attitude that's attached to it that that does translate well. So so that's good. And Lewis, I love Paul Giamatti, and mm-hmm. and I think he might have a slightly more challenging role. But there's something about Lewis's character, like the 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 swagger of him and the ego of it, and and kind of the the depth that they build up on. But I just love Lewis in this part. Like I I do want to watch him more. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so yeah, the the female characters are a little iffy for me though. Yeah, well, I don't think this passes the Bechtel test. I would be shocked if it did. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see what everybody thinks about it, and be sure to share it with us, guys. If you watch yeah. Billions this week, if you watch I would Sesame love, Street, I, any of them, let us yeah. know. Yeah, Billions and Sesame Street. Watch both of those. Get, report back to us. Yes. <laughs> Give us a you know a nice compare contrast. Yeah. Uh, tell us who you watched it with. Uh, you know, like that that fun stuff. See, and and again. If you come up with some good crossovers for for Game of Thrones and Sesame Street, that's also priority air for. A well, they've done they've done a Sesame Street has done a Game of Thrones uh, sketch. Wait, they did? Yeah. When did that happen? It was like a musical chairs bit. Oh my god! It was like sometime in the last year or so. I wouldn't be surprised if like Kit Harrington came on to host and they made some sort of joke about uh, whether or not Jon Snow was dead or alive. Given <laughs> just that, to keep that freaking thread running uh, until April. I mean, I would love Kit Harrington on that show though, because he's sure kind of like a Muppet already. That's true, with the hair bouncing yeah. around a little bit. Yeah. He's adorable. Yeah. He's an adorable little man. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so yeah, make sure you watch all these shows. It's let's yeah. see, Almost Humans Wednesday. Uh, you mean Angie, you mean Second Chance? Second Chance. Yeah. What? Oh, Almost, Almost Human. All, well, because we, we've been thinking about Almost Human because Carl, the great, great, tragically canceled Carl Urban, Michael Ely drama. Loved it. Yeah. That's so fun. good. Oh, yeah. such a good show. But no, Second Chance is, is Wednesday. Um, Sesame Street Saturday. Andy Tribeca's Saturday. Sunday? No, Saturday. Saturday. It starts starts I think like all it's Saturday all weekend. Night. Oh, it's all okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then and Billions is Sunday. Billions is Sunday. Yeah. Colony is Thursday, I believe. Colony is yeah. I think Colony is Thursday. We're doing great. We're getting it all in there. Lots um, of TV, you guys. Yeah. No so, shortage of TV to watch. So yeah, let us know what you're keeping up with. And uh, Liz, what have you been watching? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing, right? Yeah. No, I mean it's been a bit crazy TCA wise. Uh, what have I seen uh, that I can talk about? That's the question. That is the question. I see so many I've embargoes. Seen, oh, so many embargoes. Uh, though you know what? There is no embargo on American Crime Story after all. Oh well, that makes sense. They're already writing news stories about the screeners with the embargoes, so that probably broke it somehow. Somehow. Well, I mean, no, I emailed them directly. Like, is there an embargo? They're like, no. Like, um, no, it's okay. Good. But that continues to be a show I'm really excited about. Like, I feel very confident in saying it's my favorite thing Ryan Murphy's ever done. That's not a long, that's not a hard thing, really. That's kind of a catty way of putting it. But it is everything that makes, everything about Ryan Murphy that's made him the king of making really compelling television coupled with some really good writing and also some some really good writing some decent writing and some really interesting performances like i don't know if it's great but i know it's it's really watchable and i had a great time watching those six episodes and i can't wait for more they're doing a great job uh 
kind of marketing that show in the sense that even when you say things like, you know, you're not sure if it's great, but it's very watchable, that draws me in even more. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, not not that if you said it was great <coughs> and very watchable, that would have been even better. But, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like that show that you could just get caught up in. And oh, yeah. I feel like, however and whenever that comes out in a streaming format, it would probably do it better. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's one where you're going to want to watch a bunch in a row. Yeah. FX is going to, FX will probably put it on Netflix at some point. They're yeah. good about that. Yeah. Uh, ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? Um, well, uh, same as you. I've been watching a lot that I can't talk about. Um, but in prepping for the Amazon press day yesterday, I was reminded of, of two shows that I really, really liked from last year. Uh, that I encourage if you haven't seen somehow or you've missed out on to, to catch up on before their season two's premiere. I think they're both in March or maybe March and April. But uh, but Bosch, which is the Harry Bosch novels on Amazon with uh, with Michael Connelly writing and 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 showrunning and like very involved in the creation of it. Um, I, I, it's a good cop show. Like it's just a very good cop show. And there's a lot of cop shows out there, obviously. But um, but yeah, I, I mean, I honestly am excited for Andy Tribeca to spoof some of that stuff, but then go back to Bosch and see the the realistic and, and gritty part of it. Um, so that's a big one. And then Catastrophe was another one where I'm just, I love Catastrophe. It's so good. It's such so a, funny. Such a sweet show. Yeah. They they really find that that line, which is so tricky to find, between, you know, authentic relationship discussion, mm-hmm. like an actual conversation going between two people but it's still just razor sharp and it can get real sometimes, but they never let it, they never seem to force it into that area. It's just kind of the natural flow of how things go. And and the people at the core of it, like the, like Sharon Horgan and, and, and Rob Nelly, they're just, they're perfect. They're just right for this. So, well, they, you know, did create the show for right, themselves. Of course. Yeah, yeah. That helped. Yeah. That probably helps. Um, so Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, the next thing I'm looking forward to, oh, there's so many things, Liz. Well, there's so many things, Liz. There's the X Files. There's the X Files. What's the X Files? I don't. Uh. Uh-uh. Is that a a show? Is that a new show coming out? Yeah, sort of. Kind of a new kind show. Kind of new. Yeah, I don't know. It's like we we've never talked about it, I guess. But you know, it used to air on the, in the '90s. Oh. Hmm. So it's not a new show. Oh. Is that that show that we're going to the premiere tonight? Oh, yeah. It's that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably... Science party. That is probably the next oh, thing. Oh, fancy X-Files party. I'm excited to see. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's tonight? Yeah, it's tonight. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I mean, we're going we're gonna to be fine. I don't think we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be fine. I don't know what I'm going to be. I mean, how am I going to react to this? I love where they're where they're hosting it, like where they're having it. Yeah, I love like you know everything. They're, they're doing, doing it at the California up. Science Center. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna the after party will be like right by the Endeavor, the space shuttle that they Crazy decommissioned. Cool. It's so a great we, space in general, and then you add in like X Files party. X Files party. <sighs> Dream night. Dream night. Yeah, so that'll be fun. So Wednesday is going to be very productive for us. Very productive. Very, very productive, productive day. day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, is, is there anything else you're excited for, Liz? Like anything? What What else is there to be excited for aside from me getting a decent night's sleep? It's hard for me. To, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no. It's uh, it is hard Honestly, for me to think past that. I mean, yeah, we we're, we're both very excited about seeing this episode of television that we've both already seen, and neither of us think is particularly great. Right. <laughs> 
but we are going to go to the fancy X Files party because yeah. it's the fancy X Files party. The fancy X Files. The party. fanciest. And it's going to be, you know, like you know, maybe we just need to see it another time to, to figure it out. Maybe maybe three times will in fact be the number of times that. Yeah. I mean, we're in a new world, Liz, and I'm sure the X Files knows that. 2016. Yeah. You actually, can watch stuff as much as you want. Actually, the reason I'm definitely going is that I. There's this part of my, my part of my brain that hopes that they might sneak in a second episode. Oh, <laughs> whoa! I'm oh greedy. I'm so greedy. What if they did though? Yeah, we're, well, that's why we're going to, tonight to find out. Imagine if you didn't go and you found out that they showed a second episode. They did release a lot of pictures today. They did a lot of pictures. Future episodes. Yes. So. Yes. Pay, semi-regularly checking the press site has paid off once again. Nice work, Liz. Yeah. Thorough journalism. Yep. I'm very good at looking at press. reporting. I'm, yes, I'm very good at logging into press sites. <laughs> um, so, gosh. So you, if you wanted, want to know what Ben and I think about the X-Files, because we occasionally mention it, uh, oh. you can go to IndieWire.com. Uh, where there are news reviews, news reviews, interviews, features, uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, we are doing our best to cover both the world of television and the world of TCAs uh, in ways that you hopefully find compelling. Yeah, and that's going to be it's going to be a challenge, but um, there's plenty more going on as well in this wonderful world, despite you know Liz and I having blinders on for mm-hmm. the TCAs slash the X Files party. Um, but no, if, and if you want to experience that. Make sure you listen to IndieWire Influencers with our editor-in-chief, Dana Harris. Um, it's it's really good. Like the, She's just finding some really good guests to dig into, and the discussions are, are, are I don't know, they're very revealing, mm-hmm. at least you know to me. But, um, but yeah, and then, uh, of course, Screen Talk with Ann Thompson and Eric Cohn. Uh, you know, the Golden Globes just happened. Uh, t- I know Ann went to a ton of parties and, and talked with a ton of people, so there's going to be a lot of Oscar buzz and awards buzz. Um, and, and you can't miss it. you got to yeah. tune in. Got to tune in. All right. We'll be back uh, next week. Uh, we might even record in person again. Who Ooh, knows? Ooh, exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, but in, it's going to be, we're almost, we're almost through TCAs, and uh, we'll be normal humans again. And the most important thing is, you guys, we're all going to keep watching television. <laughs>